DeSantis. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon and welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Yes, it is hump day, which is awesome because it gets us a little closer to our weekend. But I hope every day for you is a good day. We have some sun shining, which is always good. And as usual, I'm going to throw out a quote to start the show. Success does not, cons- does not consist in never making mistakes, but never making the same one a second time. Learn from your mistakes. Trust me, if you continue to make mistakes and learn from them, you will put yourself in a better place. So I hope you appreciate that. From our sponsors, CD and Me, Sarah Evans is coming and we'll be putting on a show with CD and Me. I talk about CD and Me because they're one such an awesome venue to have an event or just to go and hang out and celebrate. And yes, they do sp- sponsor the All Things Inspirational show, and I am blessed to have them as a sponsor. So I hope uh, if you get a chance, if you're looking for something to do, they're a great venue to go and enjoy. Now, just a short story uh, about motivation and effort, which is my typical avenue I go down. So uh, listen up. I, I think you'll enjoy this one. It's about an ancient queen who ordered her soldiers to put a gigantic boulder in the middle of the main road, which was between town and her castle. So the queen hid and watched who, to see, who would stop and watched to see if people would go around it and what they, what they would do when they came to this boulder that was in their way. And she found that wealthy merchants, kings, queens, couriers passed the boulder, it barely giving it a second thought. A few of them blamed their queen for not keeping the road clear, and yet nobody stopped to try to clear it. But one day, a peasant walking with a sack of vegetables that he was going to sell at the market came upon the boulder, and he stopped. He laid down his bag, and he started pushing and tugging and trying to move the boulder. And after a while, he was able to get the boulder moved to the side of the road, clearing the road. And upon picking up his sack of vegetables, the peasant saw a large purse full of gold and a handwritten note from the queen herself that was placed under that boulder by her. So the goal was a reward for whoever would remove the boulder from the road. And what's the moral of the story? Laziness will never get you anywhere in life. Success almost always takes humility, commitment, integrity, and a great attitude. That is the moral of the story. You may not have caused it, but that doesn't mean it is not your responsible possibly to move that boulder out of your way. Maybe move the boulder out of other people's way. That's just the way we need to work in life. 
I hope you enjoyed the story. We're going to have an awesome guest on um, in, in a few minutes. He is an avid outdoorsman, which is something I am a big proponent for. He is also a quadriplegic like myself, and he runs an amazing magazine called Able Outdoors. So his name is Chad Walinga, and he will be on as soon as we hear a word from our amazing sponsors. So before we hear from our sponsors, if you are interested in sponsoring the show, if you have any questions you'd like answered on the show about leadership, about inspiration, about integrity, commitment, attitude, about being an entrepreneur, whatever it may be, you can send them in to me at bswift6262 at gmail.com. So please send me some questions, send me topics if you'd like. Uh, if you're interested in, interested in sponsoring, uh, connect with me and I'll get you the information. And now a word from our sponsors. Thank you. J-O-L. Welcome back to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about getting outdoors because I believe time outdoors is a human right. Uh, I hope you enjoy getting outdoors. If there's something preventing you from getting outdoors, please reach out to me. I know several organizations and foundations and nonprofits that work much like SOAR does in getting people back outdoors. Uh, and getting outdoors is part of my health and part of the health of many of the people I know. I mean, I go outdoors for my recovery. Now, that may sound vague. Why do you go outdoors? I hope you go outdoors for many of the same reasons. Uh, being outdoors is just simply therapeutic. It is a place where you get the sun. It is a place where you get to see a lot of God-made beauty. I've never seen somebody angry around a bonfire. Um, going for walks is healthy. So getting outdoors is such an, an amazing part of what I try to do, not just from a mental health perspective, but also for a physical health perspective. Um, I go outdoors to challenge myself. Uh, because of, of years after my injury, I found myself maybe slipping into a area of not pushing myself as hard as I could. So I go outdoors to physically, spiritually, and mentally push, push myself, uh, not just figuratively, but actually in my wheelchair. I go outdoors to keep my troubled mind busy. When I'm outdoors, my mind is not troubled. It is full of amazing thoughts. I go outdoors for, as I said, ultimately for physical, mental, and emotional therapy. Outside is a place of peace. It's a place of serenity, and you can't get that indoors. So that's why going outdoors is such a big part of what I do to keep myself moving forward. And now we've got our, our special guest. Let me welcome him to the show. Chad. Hey, Brian. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. It's starting to warm up in here. and we, that, that means we can get out more. 
Okay, so where is the where that you're talking about? I am in southeast Texas, about an hour away from Houston. Okay, so I've got to let the, the, the listeners know, you are a quad, just like myself, quadriplegic, correct? Uh, yes, sir. I'm a C7 quad. Okay, I am a C5, C6, so we're pretty similar. But every time I see you, a picture of you, a video of you, video of you, you are outdoors. I don't know if I've ever seen you indoors in a, in, in, in a picture uh, on social media or anything. Uh, it it uh, happens, Ryan. You know you can't be out there all the time. They, there's there's some downtime in between, but I, I like to get out as much as I can. That that's just my thing. Well, I don't blame you, and I just finished talking about all of the reasons I go outdoors. And as a fellow spinal cord injury, uh, I'll call you mate, uh, we, I'm, I'm guessing we do it for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, and I, I, I see. Go ahead. I heard you stole, you stole some of my answers. I heard you talking, but that's great. We can just, we can just, uh, uh, we'll gloss over to some of the other things. So why the let's let's start with this. Why is it so valuable for you or for people with disabilities to get outdoors? And I know I probably threw a lot of them out there, but you understand that value, man. And when I see you outdoors and whoever you're with, um, there's nothing but smiles. Well, for, oh, I know. Uh, well, you know as well as I do. It, it's, uh, for me, it was the best therapy that I had. Well, I, I got hurt back in the day, back in the mid-80s, so there wasn't a lot of uh, outdoor rec being pushed for people with dis- disabilities back then. There wasn't a lot of info, so that, that was my love before I got injured, and I wasn't going to give up on it, so we just kind of got out there and figured it out. And, and to me, that that's, that's what kept me going, the successes and failures out there, and so... It's still like that today. Thirty-five years later, I see people. I mentor at Tier Hospital in Houston, and I and I go I'm going today actually to visit some patients, and it, they're going through the same thing I went through back in the '80s. So it, it the game doesn't change, and just getting them out is is so valuable not only for me but for them because for me I know what I can do now. I know what's what's out there. They're they're not sure yet until they get out there and. And experience it for the first time, and that that kind of keeps me going too. Keeps that keeps that fire going. That's awesome. And I got hurt in the late seventies, so you talk about not much out there. My first wheelchair weighed fifty five pounds. Oh my god! I mean, it was a tank. It was like a as they would call it now a drugstore wheelchair. And they didn't have you weren't being measured, and you were there was no titanium and all these different wheelchairs. It, it was a 55-pound wheelchair. You got that old Ironsides one. Oh, I, I did. And and you know what? It made me strong. And people are worried about burning out their shoulders. And all I got to tell them is I'm 40-something years in the chair. And, yes, my shoulders hurt, but I would rather burn out than kind of fade away. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you mentioned that. That's one of the reasons I started doing uh, uh, 5Ks and 10Ks, and then I got crazy and bit off a half marathon in the last February because I wanted to do that before my shoulders wore out, and I always heard that it eventually it happens. So 
I was wanting to get that done before. You know, it actually kind of made me a little, it made me a lot stronger, which I'm really a proponent of people getting involved with running groups now, like Achilles, and and just to get out there and do some of those. It, they don't, it don't have to be, it's, it's able-bodied runs. You just, you just get out there and do it. Go do it. Now, so tell, so just so you know, I'm going on 43 years and I still transfer. Uh, I still am in a manual chair and I do use a sliding board because that does help. I'm not taking all my weight because I've got a few more pounds on me than you do. Um, but <laughs> 40 something years and I'm still pushing a manual chair. And let's go back to this event because, I mean, you, you, I don't want to say you skimmed over it. But here you are, you're, you're C7 quadriplegic, and you did a half marathon. So two questions. <laughs> what, 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 went through, like, what went through your mind for you to decide to do that? One, and I guarantee at some point you were feeling the burn and what kept you going. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I got a new chair from Motion Composites, a carbon fiber, super light. And so... It, it kind of, it. That's when I started saying, "Okay, now we're gonna do something." And after, yeah, I get out. I got a couple of dogs that I get out with every day, and I do about a mile of road work. So, you know, five k didn't really scare me. I was like, "Okay, I think I can roll out of bed and do that." So, it, it was kind of easy. And then, you know, obviously, it's, I was like, "All right, let's do ten k," and then, which is six miles. That was a little. That was a little more daunting, but not bad. And I, I have a friend at Tier. She's a. Her name's Lisa. She's a my my run partner now. To on the longer races, you you definitely need a partner. So, I, I've always I've gone to Vegas quite a little bit, and I've always wanted to do that run where they shut down the trip. And nice. I was like, okay, let's. Uh, you know, I had no idea what doing 13 was going to be like, but I knew I needed a partner to help because for one thing, the roads are crowned and you can't, you can't, <laughs> there's a median there. You can't get in the middle where it's even. So she had to kind of, kind of keep, put, put her hand on one handle to keep me even. So I, I could push evenly with both arms. Otherwise it would have killed one arm. So, and she helped when we, you know, when you have to stop and get Gatorade and water and fuel up. So I didn't have to stop or start. So it it That's it awesome. was grueling, but it was after about the after about mile seven or eight. It was it was it kind of got to where I like okay, I can do this, but this is gonna be this is gonna <laughs> be tough. So I I was thrilled to death to see mile marker eleven and twelve. I knew we had it in the bag then. Once you get to that, you know you're not stopping. No, I mean no. if I if I got to push backwards or use my elbows, I'm not stopping. Like you say, when you see 12, mile marker eleven or twelve, right? I, there was people there, you know, kind of. I could have I could have taken it a little slower, but I, you know, we're we're going all out. If we're going to race, we're going we're going to race. <laughs> so that, let me tell you, there was twenty five thousand people in that race, and only about six people in chairs which is that's not enough we there needs to be more than that i, I so. agree with you i agree and it, you do it, it, this isn't just your love uh and and i'll skip on this but you put out a magazine called able outdoors correct we did we 
we a friend of mine in Wisconsin named Don Zeller, we got together and we decided, yeah, let's 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 do a magazine. There needs to be something out there for just to show like all outdoor recreation stuff for people with disabilities. So we 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 made it go for a couple of years and then you know, the trends kinda everybody's going to videos and online and and podcasts and stuff so i got another friend of mine who's more in the outdoor uh hunting outdoor industry like the actual outdoor show side ashley from wisconsin from wyoming and i i know her too i was like ashley let's let's uh you know i'm 53 i was like let's get together and you want you want to do a show i kind of asked her what she wanted in it and we have have the same philosophy on what we want to do so i was like let's do it, it i can't i don't want to wait till i'm 60 let's do it now let's get it going so we're we're doing we're we just filmed our third and fourth videos this nice. weeks ago congratulations so but your magazine's thanks. been out there a while and i love the tagline triumphs of the human spirit right that's right it's true though i, I just in all my travels and networking, I've come across so many cool stories being, you know, about people such as yourself, you know, other quads, other people with disabilities doing some amazing things. And I was like, I was like, I got, we have to tell those stories. People need to hear these. So I agree. And that's part of the reason I do this show is just to deliver inspiration, whether you're a quad, whether you're a para, whether you have MS, whether you have no, pro- there's nobody without problems. I, I, they may not be sitting in a wheelchair, right? But everybody gets down. Life beats us down. Situations beat us down. And sometimes we need that motivation, that inspiration. We need to remember that story from Chad, from Brian, from Heather, from Monica, from whoever. We need to remember right. those stories to help us get back up. Well, when I was at way, way back when I know when I just got injured, I, it, it would have been such a relief just to know what was possible. Just I didn't have to do it as long as I knew somebody like me would have been doing it. It, it just it's like you can exhale, It'd be like, okay, I'm, I'll be able to do it once down the road. Just just knowing that you can is a big deal. Exactly, and and I've got a cha- I've got one for you, challenge for you. So I usually do two three miles a day in my chair, probably three to five times a week, depending on the weather. Three years ago, I did my first sprint triathlon. So what a sprint triathlon is is you could do it all by yourself, or you could do it with partners. So it is a quarter mile swim, it is a thirteen mile bike. And it is a three-mile run. And I did it with my kids. So I've done it numerous years. I did, as a C5, C6 quad, I did the quarter-mile swim. One year, my son did the ride. Another year, my daughter did the 13-mile bike ride. And then I can end up doing the, obviously, the three-mile run. So I don't know if you've tested yourself in a swimming arena, but um, you might want to look into these sprint triathlons. And this year, they're going to have it after not having it for two years because of COVID. And I'm trying to get 
three different people with disabilities so we all could do a portion of it. I might have to, uh, I might want to buy the, try all of that at once and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> well, you you probably could. You you're a little younger than me, but I would struggle. I don't have a hand cycle, but I would love and I and I can't believe I don't, but I don't have a hand cycle because the bike they say is the hardest part for most people. Some dread the swim. For me, I've I, I have uh, I, I've been swimming for years, and once I get in there and get that routine back, the yeah. swim didn't bother me that much. I I, I, I do the backstroke, but um, I agree with you. There for the three years I've done it. There's only been one disabled person. That's me. And I have asked other people to do it. I have posted it. I have talked to people. And I cannot get anybody else in, in, with a disability to go out there and make this stuff happen. And I live in a, a large metropolitan area. I think we can uh, I think we can get a crew together. Do I need to bring you up a, a hand cycle for you? Well, I, I would prefer to do the swim. <laughs> I'll do the swim. I'll do. The th- I'll even do the three mile push at the end. Um, if I get, and actually, I finally found somebody, and you might know him. His name's Ed Cavanaugh. He's been out out there. He had. He's the hand cycling, just uh, beast. And so he offered finally to do it. But last year they didn't have it. So this year I heard they're having it again. And what they do is with all the money is they they raise money for a veterans home, which is an awesome awesome uh place to give money to and donate to but uh so this year we might be out there i'll have to get some video if we are but to your point you know you only saw five or six people in this half marathon that were in wheelchairs and i agree with you there, there's got to be more there needs to be more we're gonna I, i've had at least 10 people contact me and they're, they they want to go do it next year if I go do, maybe I'll sit out and just cheer them next year. Maybe I'll get involved. I doubt it. I, I don't see you sitting on the sidelines cheering. I, I, I think you're going to be out there leading the pack, and you should. And look for these. They're called sprint triathlons, and I sprint think triathlons. you. I think you would enjoy the, one. I, I know you would enjoy them. I'm sure you'd ex- excel at it. But so let me ask you another question: What do you do to stay? inspired and motivated to st- not that we don't get down occasionally we're human it happens but what do you do from getting from from allowing yourself to really get down in the dumps uh that's that's like two separate questions i think uh, all right answer you can there, answer there, both there's no way to to not get down it, i agree it usually happens more you're closer to your injury than 30 years later but there's just if you think you're going to go without it, you're not. Uh, I like I tell people just to to stay as active as you can. Don't don't isolate yourself. Isolation and depression are like mates. So just get out and do stuff. Even even if you don't even if you don't think you can do what you used to do, or just, there's a way to get involved in it. Or you never know what new new things you might get into. I, I like to have something to look forward to, whether it be, you know, planning hunts for the fall or fishing or travel. You know, not not everybody. It's it's not easy to do all those things. You definitely need help. 
you know when you travel, it, it's hard to go alone. Oh, it, it's, it is. And, and the first thing I tell people, one is I, I, overbook, I overload myself with stuff to do. Because most of it is, is stuff I do look forward to. And second of all, um, build a support team. Big one. <laughs> around you. And th- whether that is parents, whether that is family, brothers or sisters, whether that's cousins, whether it's neighbors, I have been able to do what I've been able to do because I've been blessed. And part of that blessing has come in the form of, like you said, different people in and out of my life that have been a part of my journey, whether that be traveling, whether that be hunting, whether that be fishing, whether that be just recreational vacationing. But sure. you, as you know, you can't do it alone. You can't do it no. alone if you're on your feet. You know, you, there are certain things you just need help with, correct? All right. Well, we're hoping to uh, get a little more out of Chad Walinga here. In the meantime, what we'll do is we're going to get a quick word from our sponsors and enjoy listening to the sponsors who are so generous in helping Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation and sponsoring this All Things Inspirational show. Thank you. Then select it. Chad, welcome back. Um, back. Talking about outdoors, talking about staying not just physically fit, but mentally fit, spiritually fit. Um, you chase it all down, which is awesome. We are both on the same path to help others. I know your Able Outdoors magazine uh, promoted a lot of independence and allowed people to see the things that, that can be done which, as you said, uh, we wish we would have seen more of this way back when we both got hurt. But what's the name of, you say you're doing a show now, what's the name of it? Same thing, it's Able Outdoors. Awesome. And we just we just started shooting videos for it. It's, it's been fantastic. I hope we get to do it for a long time. So let me, how can people, is there ways people can help, donate, or be a part of it, or... You know, how can they get a hold of you if they want to? Maybe, maybe they want to donate to it and, and and help you create more of this this environment for them and, and and create your stories. Is there a way people can reach out to you? Definitely, you can. Uh, we have a site at ableoutdoors.net, and you can uh, Able Outdoors YouTube channel and Facebook page. We ju- we actually just got our nonprofit status approved, which was. You know, with COVID, everything got slowed down to a halt. So we've kind of been waiting on that for a year and a half, but it finally came through too. So now we're ready to roll. We're we're getting to picking up a few sponsors and gonna raise a little money this year and try to keep going. Awesome. So it, it didn't. It it's not just about us. We because you know everybody. You know everybody's got different disabilities and different degrees and and what they can do and what they can't do we so uh, we want to have those people on so you know there's a lot of different kind of equipment out there as you know so uh, we i kind of hit it all we want to take different people out with us sometimes and we just had a blind guy hunting with us 
last fall on the show that, that he actually killed a duck in the air that we, we caught on video. That is luckily. Awesome. And yeah, it, that, I think that's going to open up, you know, it's all going to open up doors for everybody. That, exactly. That's why we're doing it. And uh, you know what? Speaking of all different disabilities, I do a disability hunt down in Southern Illinois every year, almost every year, obviously COVID, you know, kind of stopped that for a couple of years, but a regular down there, I think he's been doing it for 13 years, is a gentleman who is sighted, and he hunts with his daughter, and he uses a crossbow. It's deer hunting, and I'll be darned how many times I've come away from there skunked, and this dude, I don't think I've seen him not get a deer, but possibly one year, and they they are they work together as a team. Everything is... You know, by you know, twelve o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, forty yards, thirty oh, yards, yeah. and and I'm telling you, I would not want to be in a field with this guy shooting at me. That's how accurate he is. I mean, it's uncanny. Well, it, you know, if we if we went out there and just, and you blindfolded yourself, there'd be so much to hear that that we kind of we kind of miss because we can see we we gloss over. You know, we skip. We don't let it. We don't take all that info in but that's one thing that i that i took away from hunting with some 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 sighted challenge guys they uh they they kind of had me to experience a little bit differently which which is great you know i I learned something when i go out too no it is an opportunity for us to learn the the group i i usually hunt with down there it it has everybody. It has people that are sighted. It has amputees. It has quads. It has paras. It has, I mean, it's such a wide variety of people, and every one of them does their thing. Every one of them, you can learn something from the way they do what they do. It is such a blessing and an opportunity to be around a group like that, and I'm excited that Able Outdoors is continuing, and and I know video is is becoming so important to organizations. I'm excited that you finally got your, I'm assuming your 501c3 status. Yes, sir. That's it. And people could reach out to you at ableoutdoors.net if they would like to help make this as successful as your your magazine was and and, and whatnot. Uh, I know I look forward to getting it all the time. I look forward to the stories. I look forward to the advertisers. It is a group of people that that um, needs what you're providing. So thank you for providing what you do. Um, okay. Just on a personal note, if you need any help, we've SOAR's been around now seven years. We've been blessed with Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation. And as you talked about the variety of equipment that people need, is tremendous, and as you well know, insurance doesn't pay for most of it, which no, right. unfortunately is an issue with getting different people outdoors, right? And, you know, some people, you always need a little, everybody needs a little custom stuff. Every now and then something will come along where a lot of people can use it, of course, but oh, we're always trying to to make things better and I, I love the adaptive equipment side of it. We're we're developing uh, 
something right now to help quads or people with real uh, upper limb disabilities be able to wing shoot, which is, to me, that's my first love is bird hunting and shotgun shooting. So that, that it's one of the hardest things to do. I, I tell people, I was like, if you can, if you can go out and wing shoot, you can do everything in the hunting world rifle and bow and crossbow and air bow those are all going to be easy if you can wing shoot so so we i'm always working on we have a couple of uh, rigs that we call zero gravity rigs one of them right one of them is uh, made by a guy in wisconsin named clifford pfeiffer and i i called him up after i saw his little video i was like i was like i've been i've been wanting to i've been trying to figure that out for 10 years can you make me one and send it so he he did and and then there's a there's a different type of zero gravity rig called the third arm and another a friend of mine I met in Tennessee is an engineer makes that. So we're kinda working on two different rigs at the same time to accomplish the the same problem, just to to be able to wing shoot with shotgun. Well it, and it, it's working. For those people out there that don't understand, as a quad we don't have first of all, we don't have balance. So to, we can't really hold something in our arms or our hands without tipping forward. So, Correct. right. So we can deal with that by putting a strap around our chest and kind of holding ourselves in. But then the second problem right. is extending our arms with something in it, like a shotgun or a crossbow, puts a lot of right. weight on our it's arms heavy. that you can't deal yeah. with. Those guns, those shotguns are around seven pounds. It's, some some people can't hold it. It's tough, man. And I'm I'm super quad. It, it it's hard for me to hold that gun up for a, a long time. So it, I know I I can I get it when there's people out there that can barely, you know, hold a gun up. So the the rig takes the weight of the gun away ideally. That and then all they have to do is kind of swing it around. Which is something, and, and and we're not even talking about the fact that is, a, and I don't know how much finger use you have, but I can't pull a trigger just by using my finger. So I got to kind of right. stick my whole finger in, and I know they have lots of devices for that. So we're, <laughs> we're we're not just fighting the balance. We're not just fighting the fact that the weight of the gun. We're also fighting our arms being extended and now swinging. And now on top of that, pulling the trigger. It's amazing. It, it's sometimes it's four or five or six, six different kind of uh, adaptations you you have to figure out, and they have to all work at once to to get it done. But it it it, it works. So you just you know you have to practice. I, people see me do it, and I tell them, I'm like, look, I've been doing this over thirty years. I'm good at it now. So you you can get there. Just you're at the beginning. You know, I was pretty useless at the beginning too. It, I couldn't, I couldn't hit anything. It takes time and practice and and effort, and you have to keep at it. You got to keep at it. Uh, I agree. I remember the first time I started back uh, trap and skeet shooting, which you know, much like birds, that's the that's the motion and that's what you're doing. And my dad, we we tried to put a handle on the front of the shotgun which, like you said, it was an old shotgun. It probably weighed like eight or nine pounds. And we ended oh, up just yeah. duct-taping the front of my hand to it, which is not an optimal position to be in, you know, with your hand duct-taped to the barrel of a 12-gauge shotgun. I know. Well, there's, 
there's some guys that you know. There's a guy that makes a product called the Shot Strap that I've got one. A problem? Yeah, there you go. You know about it. it you, there, there are different things out there that really work for people. At least you know it doesn't have to work perfectly. Just no. to, just to set them on the path to okay, this exactly. this is pretty close. This is close. You know, I can I can figure out the rest of the way. Well, to get them started. Exactly. And that's what we're both trying to do. And please keep in mind, uh, myself, if there's anything that SOAR or myself can do to collaborate with Able Outdoors, I know we've gone back and forth and said it to each other, but, uh, you know, especially with getting equipment that helps people. So if there's some equipment we can help you get to so you can help others, we're always open to do that. And oh, I'd love to work together. I, let's let's do it. I, you know that's that's what we're out here for to help each other and help other people get out. That's that's it. It's simple. All righty, Chad. Listen, are there any other ways people can get a hold of you um, besides ableoutdoors dot net? Uh, oh yeah, I'm, uh, Facebook. I'm on a lot. You can just search my name, Ed Walliger, or Able Outdoors. I have both pages I'm, I'm easy to find just google my name probably, probably my cell number comes up i need to get that off of there but <laughs> no no one calls it too much so i'm gonna leave it up <laughs> all righty well listen i appreciate you taking the time for this um i i, I love the mission you're on I, I love what you do every day i love seeing your photographs and videos with the exception of the fact that i'm envious of how often you're <laughs> out there and you're not just deer hunting you're getting these odd-looking animals from way up in Montana and Wyoming and Texas and, and whatnot, man. You, you don't let anything stop you, and I hope people listening can take that away from here to just start, take that first step and do it. Well, thanks for having, thanks for having me on to be able to talk about it, Brian. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words. Well, if the show takes off, you better look out. It's, it's going to be Katie bar the door then. <laughs> Well, I hope it. I hope it does. And if there's anything um, I can do to help, if you ever need a guest, um, keep 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 us in mind. We will. We can help uh, help you promote the show. And I definitely want it to be part of uh, SOAR uh, because the people who look at SOAR are looking for outdoor opportunities, and you're creating them out there along with uh, several other people. Not enough of us out there, but we're starting that ball rolling. We'll keep it rolling. That's right. I appreciate it, Brian. All right, Chad, you have a great afternoon. Thanks for humbling us with all your inspiration and what you do, and we will be in touch. All right, we'll see you at the biathlon someday. Uh, Sounds good, man. I'm going to have to try to beat Super Quad. We have a good day. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed our guest. Um, he, He is a Super Quad. What he does is is amazing if you go and find him on Facebook or I'm not sure if he's on LinkedIn. His name is Chad, last name W-A-L-I-G-U-R-A. And uh, he definitely keeps an interesting perspective and a mature perspective, but he it's take time to grow that much like myself. I mean, there's still people out there who get angry at the rain. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the rain either, but... I try to keep things in perspective and I try to keep things on a, on a mature mental level 
because hardships and setbacks are just part of what we have to deal with. You know, we have to learn not to lash out. We have to learn to control our anger, to control our frustration. When circumstance, let's call it conspire, to get in our way of doing the things that we want to do. And when that happens, it may sound odd, but I would recommend that you embrace the setbacks. Uh, it, it's, it's a mature attitude to life. And I think that's extremely important to maintain this mature attitude. It's okay to get frustrated. It's okay to get get mad at it. I, I hate when it's raining out. It really prevents me. But calm down and be hopeful. No, no matter what, some setbacks can be utterly devastating if we allow them to. I've experienced many a setback too often. And I try to draw strength from my past, from friends, from your partners, from family, to continue to encourage myself. But be your own independence. Tell yourself this too shall pass. Tell yourself there's a silver lining and everything. Because you know what? Things are never usually as bad as they seem. And they're never usually as great as they seem, which is okay. So diagnose the setback that you're getting frustrated with. Because ultimately, you may be thinking and building it up to be way more than it really is. And I'll be honest with you, just being a coach and coaching athletics for twenty over 20 years, setbacks are laden with information and with learning opportunities. I've learned more and teams have learned more from their setbacks and failures than they have their wins. Because when you win, you're celebrating. When you lose, you have an opportunity to look at that setback and figure out ways to improve. Is the setback some a problem of the system? Or is it something else that's preventing you from succeeding? So remember, success does not consist in never making a mistake, but in not making the same mistake twice. So that is important. And just keep reassessing. You know, it, it's how bad you want what's on the other side of your fear, of that failure, of that setback. That's really what's key because ultimately we all have a limited amount of time. We have a limited amount of money and we have limited resources. And some setbacks are meant to differentiate those that are only desires and things we might want from those things that we want extremely extremely bad enough to put in that blood, sweat, and tears to get through. And that is why you reassess really what the setback was. So keep in mind, brick walls are out there for a reason, right? The brick walls are not there just to keep us out. But sometimes brick walls are out there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something. 
because the brick walls are there to stop people who don't want it badly enough. They're there to stop the other people because not everybody has the same desires as you do. Not everybody has the same strength or the same will as you do to want to fight through that brick wall and recognize a setback as seeds of opportunity, as seeds of growth. And to be honest, most of our significant opportunities will be found in times of great difficulty. So these great difficulties are going to be things that we all face, that brick wall, and it comes down to how bad do you want it? Are you ready to go over it? Are you ready to go through it? Are you ready to go around it? And I find that if you make small changes towards your goals, you'll find that opportunity. You'll find that opportunity that you didn't think existed, but it's there. Successful people never sit back and mope around. They approach their goals consistently with enthusiasm. So remember this, and I'll leave you with this. Walk with the dreamers, the believers, the courageous, the cheerful, the planners, the doers, the successful people with their heads up in the clouds and their feet on the ground. Let their spirit ignite a fire within you so that you leave this world better than where you found it. Remember those words. Say those words to yourself. Question yourself. Reassess. And above all, have a beautiful Wednesday. Thank you very much and take care.